before we begin today's podcast, we're going to be talking about um, gifted education and the identification of gifted students. And so I want to give you some information about how Ohio defines a gifted student. So Ohio defines a student who is gifted as one who performs or shows potential for performing at remarkably high levels of accomplishment when compared to others of their age, experience, or environment. Now, the public school districts are required to identify students in grades K through 12 for gifted identification in the following areas. Supreme cognitive ability, specific academic ability, like in math, reading, writing, science, or social studies, in creative thinking ability, and visual or performing arts ability like dance, drama, music, or visual arts. And this is all defined by the state of Ohio. Welcome to STEAM State of Mind, your favorite source for all things STEAM education. This isn't just science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's a state of mind, a different way to approach education in the classroom. Enjoy these conversations with educators, students, and community members as we explore what it means to be in a STEAM state of mind. STEAM state of mind! <laughs> hey there, it's Carrie coming to you from Kettering, Ohio. And this is Bern. I'm really excited about today's podcast because we have a special guest. Why don't you introduce our guest? So our guest today is Lynn Canarosi. And she is our gifted elementary gifted coordinator mm-hmm. for Kettering. And I'm also the gifted intervention specialist at Greenmont. Okay. So. so Lynn, we're excited to have you today because something that we talked about in earlier podcasts and some of the questions that we've had is that how STEAM education is for everyone. It is not just for the gifted kids. It's not just for the you know, the average, I guess you can call them kids and, (laughs) or the, you know, the intervention kids, it's for everyone and it meets the needs of all kids. And so. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're on agreement. That's good. We're off to a good good start. We agree. Yeah. In the first 30 seconds. (laughs) So now, um, so First of all, let's just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then um, can you tell us how the elementary gifted um, program is set up in Kettering? All right. Well, the um, gifted services in elementary are provided through primarily through the classroom teachers with supports from GISs or gifted intervention specialists at each building. We have a GIS halftime at each of the buildings, so we... They travel around a lot. Um, We've been doing professional development with the teachers, focusing on third, fourth, and fifth grade classroom teachers to help with the gifted portion um, of their of services. And we, um, the GISs, go into classrooms, co-teach. They also provide support, and sometimes we are able to have students come out in a small group, depending upon what meets the needs of the students, the teachers in the building. Yeah. And so everybody is at different places. Like we talked about our kitchen, the analogy, how do you feel teachers are adapting to this new, I don't know if you call it new anymore, but that, you know, they're the primary deliverer of 
for gifted, gifted services. Yes. Yes. I think the we are very blessed and lucky in Kettering because our teaching staff, our support staff is amazing, and they understand that everything is constantly changing. And I think even with um, gifted services fits right into the engineering process as well. We go through it and what works we keep, what doesn't work we alter and change and try to make it better for everyone. That's great. So it's like, like it's not static. You are constantly looking at what's working for kids yes. in the classroom. Yes. And I think that's great. And, and I would imagine that um, sort of integrating this into the classroom and gifted into the classroom has probably strengthened our gifted services versus maybe the way we did it before. And that's a big change that, that came about because you realized that maybe that's a better way of doing it. Yes, I I would definitely agree with that. We're, you know, we're all living and learning and trying to be better. And the same thing goes with the gifted department. Absolutely. And we found that in the, the classroom, a lot of whenever we're co-teaching, the um, means, the activities we're doing or the way we're teaching can be applied to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the depth <laughs> yes. of it might be different, um, but, you know. We have talked about myths and misconceptions um, in an earlier podcast about STEAM education, but there are a lot of myths and misconceptions that occur with gifted students. And the author of this particular article that I am going to share a piece of is from Todd Stanley. And one of the misconceptions that he points out is that sometimes people like to say that all children are gifted. And what he said, what his response to that is, is he writes that there are some who are opponents to giftedness because what it means to them is by saving by saying these children are gifted is what other is that other children are not gifted it is making a child feel as though he is not special and we do not want anyone to feel that way in our land of equity So let us not forget that being identified as gifted is not for the purpose of social status. It is not a pat on the back or on the shoulder. It is not a reward. The purpose for the identification of gifted children is it allows school districts to determine what services would be best for those children. Just as if a child were to be identified as learning disabled, the district would have to do the same for gifted. STEAM is a wonderful example. Um, six thinking hats we've been able to, it, it applies for everybody. Um, I've done Hour of Code, and some of the most successful students in the Hour of Code program that I've done over the past five years have been the students who are doing the engineering process, who are going through, and if it doesn't work, you know, they realize it's okay. I'm just going to try something new. I wanted to step in before we get into the whole STEAM and gifted. What a, is it a misconception to, to sort of um, block a gifted child by just saying, oh, they're, they're just the smart ones? The, so there's so much more to gifted education than just that these are the smart kids. 
Talk about that a little bit, because I think it's really interesting. Um, I, in my classroom, I don't even like to use the word smart. I kind of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say I, I'm trying to get them to say I'm a problem solver. I'm a critical awesome. thinker. Nice. Um, you know, it's, when you refer to smart, it kind of refers to that fixed mindset of that this is all I am. This is my one claim to fame. Well, first of all, we're all living and learning. And I will tell the students that, you know, I make mistakes and it's okay. What the important part is, what do you do after you make a mistake? Are you fixing it? Are you making it better the next time? Are you learning from it? Then mistakes are amazing (laughs) and they're awesome and they're needed. We've talked about the growth mm -hmm. mindset on another podcast and talked about the growth mindset compared to the fixed mindset and how, you know, the growth mindset is constantly evolving and changing based on a lot of the mistakes and failures that we've made. Yes. And I think we need to, I think we're ready to take that fixed mindset and that growth mindset, working on that growth mindset, but taking the growth mindset a step further and incorporating the grit that's involved with it, Mm. incorporating the efficacy that's involved with it and really taking it that next step. Nice. That's awesome. So basically, um, when you're talking about a lot of the things that you have just talked about Mm -hmm. are things that we've talked about in previous podcasts. And so really, how do you see STEAM education and the gifted program that you're a part of, you know, that you're actually the lead of. Um, <laughs> it's a team effort. Right. I it's know your mind. It's, it's a team. It's, it's a all team. a team. Yes. And so, um, but how, how do you see STEAM education and gifted, you know, how are they integrated? How do you see them connected? It is definitely entwined. Um, it's gifted students tend to be thought of as being quirky but all <laughs> students have their own um, uniqueness about them. And one of the things that we're working on is the perfectionism. Um, a lot of students think that because they are labeled as being the smart kid, that they can never make a mistake. And if you never try, then you're not going to be making that mistake. But then you're not living, you're not experiencing, and you're not growing. Um, so I think... If we can get STEAM involved, and it does a nice job of just with that whole engineering process of doing the getting your facts, figuring out what is the problem, how am I going to solve this, what are different ways that I can solve this problem, that using the uh, if they've done create um, the green hat, the creative thinking, the the problem solving, and finding different ways, and then trying them. You know, it's not. It's not that you have failed, it's you found a way that doesn't work, so I'm going to try something else. It's, as Mr. Sweeterman has said many, many times, it's the power of yet. I don't have it yet. yet. <laughs> That's right. That. And so, you know, um, I just said, so I collaborate with, you know, a lot of the teachers and teams and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And one thing that is really great is when I'm able to, or, you know, when the gifted the GIS is able to join this collaboration. And we were collaborating with one of your GIS teachers um, with the fourth grade team. And we were talking about some of the challenges that one of the teachers was experiencing with her gifted students that they don't want to fail. 
And Mm -hmm. she was explaining to us how that failure, they associate failure with intelligence. And that if they fail, they then think that other people will think they're not intelligent. And so in order to avoid failure, they avoid the task at hand. Mm-hmm. They avoid, you know, because if they're not 100% certain, some of the gifted Correct. kids, you know, or identified gifted kids will not participate because they don't want to fail. So how do you think the STEAM mindset, um, you know, the state of mind of STEAM education and the gifted mindset, how do you think that that can help? Um, it's, I think it's a not only just gifted students, I think it's a an issue with all students, um, whether it's pressure from home or their own self-pressure of always, you know, being the best or, um, you know, just making those mistakes. I, I'm a big fan of the magic school bus. I think I have all of them. (laughs) I have the DVD collection, I must admit. Um, and you know, just with that, you know, Miss Frizzle would say, you know, take chances, make mistakes. And um, even today when I was having class and I'm like, and they had, it didn't work out perfectly the first time. And I'm like, hey, it's all right. Let's try something else. And I, we talked about what their thoughts were and we talked about how, let's try something different. You know, let's not do the same thing. Let's try something different, you know. Is the world going to come to the end? Is the sun going to stop shining? Um, and those things. And they're like, no. And then I'm like, all right, there we go. So let's keep going. Let's try something new. And so do you think that teachers are understanding that problem that students are having, that it's not a defiant issue, but it's kind of more of a mindset issue? Do you think that it's large self-preservation? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Do you guys think, and, and we've talked about, standardized testing a lot. Um, and and we, we have been very clear that we have no problem with accountability. But do you guys think that, that um, the kind of the importance that's been placed on standardized testing comes into play? Because you said this, this need to, you know, not fail is across the board. It, it may be a little uh, more striking amongst our gifted kids, but it's across the board. So do kids, um, you know, when there's so much placed on getting the right answer, do you think that comes into play with that sort of mindset of, of having to get everything perfect and, and not fail at something? Do you think that comes into play? I would say yes, definitely. And I think it goes into, you know, because we are the third grade guarantee. Mm-hmm. I'm it's, it's this week. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so it, yes, definitely. Yeah. And so, and, and the, sometimes I believe that um, the pressure is not just with the students and what Lynn said earlier, you know, it's the pressure is on the outside too of all of the, oh my God, it's the test. And right. oh my goodness, you have to do well. And if you don't do well in this test, like I had a third grader, just uh, two days ago, I was at a school and they were, because I couldn't go into their classroom because they were testing. And and they said, well, I hope I pass the test because I want to go to fourth grade. Oh, my goodness. You know, like, and I was mm-hmm. like, you will. You know, no, this test has nothing to do with you're going to pass or fail. But in her mind, she was so worried, worried that, that she, she wasn't going to be able to, because yeah. it's called the third grade guarantee. And they think that, you know, my gosh, if I 
don't do extremely well on this, that they're not going to go into fourth grade. So I think that there's um, a lot of pressure that we don't realize that we, you know, as a society and as educators or whatever that we put on the students that they don't realize, we don't realize how much the students are internalizing all of that, you know. Well, and I, along those same lines, I will share that my daughter, we when she was a junior, was convinced that she needed to, you know, because people were saying, oh, what what college you want to go to? What do you want to study? What do you want to be? And she was feeling a lot of the pressure of determining, you know, what she was going to be at 16, 17 years old. Um, and I told her, I'm like, sweetheart, I have changed my <laughs> career path. <laughs> I changed my major a couple of times. And then whenever I got out, I did that for a few years. And then I went back to school. And I've been in education for 22 years. But I've been at seven different buildings. Right. I've been at um, you know various grade levels, three through six. And it's okay if you find something that's not working Try something else. It's also okay at 16 and 17 not to know, you know, yes. that settled oh, yes. what you want to be when you grow up. But I still sure. remember her saying, Mom, you don't understand. And I'm like, what don't I understand? And so even they're feeling it there, you know, in, in high school that mm-hmm. I need to determine. And so I, you know, I was like, I should have, you know, made sure that we realize it's okay it's yeah. all right yeah. to experiment well, and to and, try. And you're and bringing up a good topic with um, the career aspect of things where, you know, um, the gifted, you know, we have, like you said earlier, smart. You don't like to use the word smart. You know, it's problem mm-hmm. solving and stuff like that. And so we always kind of associate gifted with an IQ score or something like that. There's a kind of a misconception about different things. And think about the art world and the people who are gifted in the arts Mm -hmm. or people who are gifted in being able to visualize things in the engineering and being able to put things different ways. And so, you know, how do you identify all these different types of gifted or how, you know, do we meet the needs of all of those? We try. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know. Yes. That's I know you guys do. We're trying. Um, It's the, in Kettering, we in um, elementary we identify uh, for um, superior cognitive for reading, math, and creative thinking. Um, and then in middle school, we add science and social studies um, to that. It does not encompass everything. Um, and you know, let's face it, not everybody's a good test taker, and right. there's more more to it than that. Um, You know, one of the things that we focus on is meeting the needs of the students. Um, A lot of times gifted students will pick up on things quickly. Um, You know, they don't need to have all of the the repetition. And a lot of times they can process it and apply it quicker. And it's just a matter of... of, um, you know, like we're all trying to do, we're, we're trying to meet the needs of all the students. And, and there is a social and emotional aspect of it too. Yes, there is definitely. And, Cause I re I, when I was a fifth grade teacher, um, I remember a parent saying, 
um, to me when we used to do the complete pullout that her son, the only time that her son truly felt comfortable expressing his giftedness was when he was with all the other, other gifted, gifted kids. kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you and know, so there, yes, there's definitely a place and I can, um, you know, I, I've had students that have said, you know, um, that, well, when I'm in the regular classroom, it was a girl and she said, how come I'm the only girl who's raising my hand in the regular classroom? And which is an issue too, you know, because that reinforces the, um, you know, that boys are smarter than girls. Well, they're not, you know? Oh yeah. So that's a whole nother one. Oh my gosh. Well, and, 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 you know, sometimes girls feel they have to live up to that in some ways when, mm-hmm. you know, they might know the answer, but I don't want to be the only girl raising my hand. You mm-hmm. know? Because it is hard when you're, you know, those ages to, to be different or to be, you know, put, mm-hmm. to put yourself out there is really what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Taking a risk. Yeah. Yes. And And that's what I really love about STEAM education, too, is that you know, as they're problem solving through things and doing this collaborative work together and communicating and stuff like that, that it allows, you know, um, students to be able to communicate and speak up and, you know, share their ideas and thoughts to solve problems, that their input is, and it just doesn't come from one person. You're not raising your hand, mm-hmm. you know, while they're working on these and different it things. It is working on that thought process. What are you thinking how yes. do you think? What what's a different way? What's um, you know what what's going through? And it's hard for students, gifted or not, to identify what they are thinking or how they are getting to the answer. You know, um, a lot of times I encourage students if they're like, "Well, did I get it right?" and I'm like, "How did you get it?" and they're like, "I want to know if I got it right." And I'm like, "I want to know how you got it." <laughs> yeah. The process, the, the process, process, the process yes. of how you're getting there. Well, and it it I as the non-educator here, sitting here watching this, it's almost like it sounds like you should be the gifted slash steam assistant slash coordinator <laughs> because well, it just seems like that that steam is is a super integral part of of what you're trying to do with um, our students yes, who are yes, identified yes. as gifted. Yeah, and, and it once again, it's that state of mind, right? And Steam yeah. benefits all students. I really believe it's you know it's that communication, it's the problem solving, it's the all right that didn't work. Let me try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's, well, and it, that all, I mean, it all fits absolutely into, you know, our, we're doing our whole portrait of a graduate campaign right now. And those mm-hmm. are the things that that we're trying to um, impart upon our students. What, what we want them to possess when they graduate from Fairmont High School are those, you know, the collaboration and the communication and the problem solving and, you know, all of those things that thinker. are just a, yep. just a, mm-hmm. you know, are a part of STEAM. So it, it absolutely needs to be a state of mind for us because that's where we want kids to be when we say goodbye to them and they graduate. Right. And, and that's why but that's why I truly believe we really need to start in the elementary and different things because that mindset needs to you know start at a very young age right. and so when they go through mm-hmm. their career they have that 
um, that foundation, that foundation, and that mindset of it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, you know, go through critical thinking to solve a problem. And if I don't get it right the first time, there's a process of how I can go back mm-hmm. and redesign and do things. And and I know that with the gifted program or you know, gifted students and everything like that, that's it's ever all teachers. That's what we want all teachers to be able to do. And it's not limited to elementary either. I mean, it needs to, the message needs to be done in middle school and in high school that, you know, even though they are doing these high high stakes tests, Mm -hmm. um, that it's okay to make mistakes. It's all right to, you know, to learn from them, to move on. Um, and I think sometimes in middle and high school, that message gets lost because of all the other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So right now, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the gifted segment of our schools? <sighs> this is a big question. That I is know, a huge, And I kind of surprised you with you that. Did. Yes. You, you did. So what, surprise do, you, what do you think me. is oh. the biggest challenge? Um. I think the biggest challenge is the perception of giftedness, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the student or the teacher. Um, there's no elitism about it. Um, there's still students. We're still teachers. We are working towards that common goal, and um, it's a process. Yeah, I, I found that when I was in the classroom and, and still today that you know, the, the needs of a gifted are the same, you know, but at different levels or different Mm -hmm. things as the other end of the spectrum, you know, and sometimes we've, you know, it's like, okay, they're smart. They don't need my help. They don't need Mm -hmm. this. They don't need that or whatever. They can do it or whatever. We wouldn't have gifted intervention specialists if that were true. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. Lynn, thank you for coming in and, Thank you we for really having me. It. Yes. You know, one, one more thing I wanted to say before we finish. Okay. And this is because my daughter graduated from Kettering Schools and, and a long time ago, and I've been here a long time. You guys have been here a long time. One thing, I, I think a challenge with with gifted and STEAM, I think, is is a couple things, is um, time yeah. and <laughs> and the, the need to... Um, always differentiate and and you were talking about how many Mm -hmm. different types of labels there are per se for a gifted child and for us to be able to meet all of those needs has to be kind of a challenge but what's so neat is to hear that you are constantly looking at ways new and different ways to meet those needs and and to support those students um, and to make sure that they are growing and achieving at the highest level possible. We're, we're doing our best to support the students and the teachers so that and we can just, all grow. It's neat mm-hmm. to see that we're always willing to observe and see what we're doing and what's working and what's not, and that we're willing to change when it's necessary. I think that's awesome. I think yeah. that's why we have such a great school district. We right. do have an awesome school district. All right, yeah. Coach Sweeterman. Okay. We have a question from Galen, and this is kind. this is interesting, and I cannot wait to hear your answer to this. How is STEAM integrating the arts into just the general ed classroom? So the A and STEAM, the A STEAM. arts, <laughs> yep. And that, that includes, I, I consider language arts too with that. But, 
you know, it is the arts. And I know Galen. Galen is actually a former student of mine. And um, Galen, um, very creative, very art-minded type of person where, you know, maybe the academic aspect of things, you know, was such a focus that, you know, but arts was his true passion. And so he now has a, um, a glass-blowing business in Columbus, and oh, wow. he is extremely talented. And he um, just sent me, you know, one of his, you know, because he knows that I collect pigs and, you know, because I grew up on a pig farm. And he he did created this beautiful blown glass pig that he, you know, did it based on a pig that I gave all my students when I was, you know, when I was teaching at the end of the year, I'd give them all a little stuffed pig. And so anyways, and we'd side we sign digress like into that. the yes. pigs. But yes, that's into okay. pigs. We do that yes. often. I bring that up because we don't want to forget about the arts. You know, the arts is extremely important and there are a lot of great fields and, you know, that type of thing that these careers that they can get into. And, you know, to be able to integrate them into the engineering design challenges and into the STEAM work that we're lessons that we're doing, you know, it's important for us to recognize the artistic aspect of things. And so, you know, here's an example. We were talking about when we just talked before we started on this broadcast or, you know, before we started recording today about um, we're talking about how um, how humans are changing the landscape to modify like where streams go and erosion, deposition and all of that stuff. And so and we're having students engineer different ways to save homes and that type of thing. Well, one of the things that is very important is the artistic value and the artistic aspect of these things that we're engineering. And so if you're building, you know, if you're going to construct a walls for a the river bank not to get eroded away anymore, nobody just wants to look at a, you know, a cement wall that is exposed and doesn't look like it belongs there. But there's an artistic value that people actually look at um, when they're engineering these things. And that is that creativity is so important. Look at the bridge that they just built in Kettering that you know goes across one of the major roads that we have in Kettering. And they're now putting artwork integrated into that construction and so right. there's a beautiful and if you ever go up there and walk in a sunny day there's like the lights that shining through all these different shapes and stuff like that that then is exposed on the road and you can uh, it's really really awesome but the arts is being integrated more and more into the engineering and into the things that we're doing today because we realize that that's important to people, mm -hmm. you know, being aesthetically pleasing is very important. And so, um, you know, and then like just being a, you know, an artist with like glass blowing, you know, I mean, I go into some of these different places or whatever, you know, these places like glass blowing or, you know, painting and yes, and all these arts and I'm just blown away. And there is so much you can interpret and there's so much you can, get out of looking at a piece of artwork or whatever. And I think it's very important for us to be able to do it. So how are we integrating that? Well, 
in these things we're doing an artistic aspect like okay when you are engineering the structure you know is it aesthetically pleasing or would this fit in with the environment or how can you you know make it that it just doesn't stand out so much you know um telephone towers you know <laughs> those are not cell phone towers um you know so windmills that's another thing that is a big problem that people are having you know it's like how can we make windmills look more natural and so we're trying to integrate these things in all of our lessons to you know show the importance of the arts that you know, is in our world, in the real right. world. So, Galen, it's a great question, and um, I'm proud of you, Galen, for Coach all the work B, you're doing. Coach B, that was a great answer. Well, I hope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I believe in it. I believe the arts is very important, so. Absolutely. Awesome. And thank you. Great discussion. Lynn, thank you again for being. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for again. having me.